Welcome to Athletes Doing Good Podcast. I'm Shelly Stewart, president of Capture Sports Marketing. And I'm sports reporter Jen Latta. Sports fans see Solomon Thomas as a football player for the San Francisco 49ers. But what they may not have seen is his struggles with mental health and depression. Today, Solomon not only shares with us the story of his sister Ella, who took her own life, but he opens up about his personal struggle with mental health. He hopes his vulnerability can help others know it's okay not to be okay. Solomon's passion and dedication to end the mental health stigma is a true reflection of another athlete doing good. Thanks for joining us today, Solomon. I know May was Mental Health Awareness Month, and we know that creating awareness for mental illness and suicide prevention is something that you are very close to and and passionate about and your family has done um, so much for. But can you tell us a little bit about why you're using your platform to bring awareness? Definitely, yeah. So the the reason why I'm involved in mental health and just bringing awareness to mental health and the the stigma, my uh, sister Ella died by suicide two years ago. And it just kind of changed my family and I's world. This come, uh, Ella struggled her whole life, uh, just kind of with depression and anxiety and just with certain di- different disorders. And uh, she just, she, had, she eventually lost it, uh, lost a battle with depression uh, January a couple years ago. But, you know, it was something that truly just kind of flipped my family and I's world upside down. Um, we weren't ready for it. We weren't prepared for it. And, you know, Ella was kind of the light of our family and, and she was my big sister and she was everything to me. So it just truly took us for a turn of events and it really brought us into this world of uh, mental health because it's really unfortunate. But until you're affected by it, you don't understand how big of a problem it is. And just from, you know, coming out with a couple articles, you know, doing, doing a feature with ESPN on Monday Night Football, just like kind of support and the amount of people that reach out to us it's 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 unbelievable the stories that i've heard from um you know people who have been affected by loved ones uh, dying by suicide or um, being affected by depression anxiety whatever mental health disorders they might have you know that's kind of my, why it's been a passion of mine and, and since stepping into the world of mental health i've just seen how big of a problem it is and how much light it needs and how much help it needs so um, so I'm in this fight uh, with everyone to, you know, to erase the stigma against mental health and to um, continue to fight to, you know, a world where everyone's okay not being okay. Folks that struggle with depression and anxiety shouldn't be identified exclusively by their mental challenges. So I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your sister, the person that she was. You mentioned mm-hmm. that she was the light of your family. Mm-hmm. What's a story from yours and her relationship that you feel like really represents who she was um you know i feel plenty of stories um ella was just so special because if you're in the room with her she always made you feel like you were the most important person in the room with her um uh she always just brought this attention this light to you she always made everyone feel so important and so loved um she's had a loving and caring heart you know we could never walk around the streets of san francisco without dollars in our pocket she always had to give someone a dollar um, you know, she was just always trying to help others, even if she was struggling herself. She would, you know, try to mask down her own problems just so she could help someone else who had the same problems. Um, but yeah, and a couple of stories from Ella is probably one when I was first born. Um, I was, I, my mom's holding me, and Ella comes over and she she yells at me. She says, "Baby, sit up!" and she starts uh, singing. <laughs> Uh, um, um, twinkle, twinkle, little star to me, and just like at the top of her lungs in the middle of the hospital. And um, but that's just who Ella was. She was very like assertive. She had a sassy personality, but she she loved like no other. And um, she was just someone who was you know 
who always wanted just to help and love on loving other people. And so that's why I'm carrying out her mission to help others who struggle with uh, certain mental health disorders or, or anything in life. So. And you mentioned the stigma that's associated with um, mental health. Um, we talk about it a lot with athletes where there's this idea of mental toughness. How did your family struggle with that stigma? Um, you know, it was tough at first, you know, because when you have a loved one that dies by suicide, there's not much, you know, like if you have a family member who dies from like cancer or something, you know, you like stay old, like they die from like when you someone dies from suicide, you know, there's like a stigma towards it. If you tell someone like, like they're like, oh, like it, and it's hard to approach. And so for a while we struggled about how, how to be public about it. When finally, when everyone like we got the scurry the courage up about a couple months later, start talking about it. You know, it really helped us to kind of open up, and it really helped us also see the stigma because it was like, wow, this was like so hard to talk about, so hard to bring light to, because there's just like the stigma attached to suicide, and it's uh, you can just feel it and sense it. So um, it was when we finally were able to talk about it. You know, it, it helped us a lot, and we were able to move on and and grow strong, and and we realized how much we're helping others, and that was kind of our motivation to move forward. Um, when we started sharing our stories to see how we were helping others and helping others talk. Because um, the most important part of all this is, is just to keep the conversation going and, you know, to keep talking about it and keep, um, you know, bringing light to the situation and how we can continue to move forward and live in a better mental world. Tell us a little bit about Ella's sunflower. Uh, so <clears throat> Ella was in love with sunflowers. They were her favorite sunflowers. So one of the ways that my family and I took the next step to talk about it and bring light to our situation was we joined uh, AFSP, <clears throat> the American Prevention for Suicide Prevention, their overnight walk. Um, someone sent us a brochure for it, and we were like, you know, we might we might be feeling it. And then my mom was like, you know, I really feel like this is – I'm having an itch to do this. This is something that our family needs to do. And so we created a team and we named it Ella Sunflowers. And I mean, think back to back years, we raised over um, $50,000 each year um, for uh, AFP. And you overnight, you walk 60 miles um, and you're just, it's a whole huge group of people who've been affected by mental health and um, suicide, depression, anxiety, um, whatever disorder you want to name, they, they um, people are there for it. And it's just a great, great group of people where you can just let loose and you can tell people what you're going and tell people what you're struggling with. And, and you just feel so welcome there because you know that these people are going through the same thing. They're going through the same fight. Um, and so you walk 16 miles over them overnight and you just get to kind of just like cope and find ways to vent and find ways to talk to the people. And afterward, you feel strong enough to continue, continue to talk with people who don't even who go through these problems. So you can bring light to it and you can show other people, you know, the struggle that some people go through. It's such an appropriate symbol because it's a huge flower. It's a bright flower. And based on the things that you've told us about your sister, that was emblematic of her personality as well. So in addition to her loving the sunflowers, it really seems to represent the person that you've told us about as well. When you talk about the stigma associated with people who die by suicide, when you have conversations about it, you obviously are making it less stigmatized, right? You're bringing it into conversations, which is which is strange and awkward for a lot of people. But have you found that by having those conversations, you have spoken to people who have either been in a similar situation or contemplated taking their own life? I mean, how much are people willing to open up when you open up? You know, I've had some amazing stories myself, just with people coming up to me and then reaching out, whether it be a, a text, Instagram, call, Twitter, whatever it is, just are people coming up to me in person, like being like recognizing me as a football player, but then 
instead of talking to me about football, they talk to me about their their mental health and what they've been through or what their family's been through. And that's been the most powerful things to me is just to have people reach out, reach out to me, open up, because um, it just shows that, you know, bringing light to mental health and racing stigma is making a difference. And it's helping people talk about it and helping people see that there's a huge problem out there that we all need to address. Um, I feel like in today, today's day and age, we're still working to erase this old stigma from, you know, our, our kind of my parents' generation of like, you know, be tough, be a man, um, you know, toughen things out, you know, you're fine kind of mentality. You know, mental health disorders are, there's there's a science to them. You know, the chemicals in your brain are imbalanced and um, it's not just something that you can get over. Like you need help. There needs to be ways to, that people need to realize their avenues to go into, whether it's therapy, whether it's meditation, whether um, just finding ways to work your mental health every day and, and not be ashamed by it, you know, just to let people know that, you know, it's okay to not be okay. You know, it's okay to not be perfect. Um, you're perfectly fine being who you are, um, the way you are. You know, if you feel sad, awkward, happy, um, you know, confused, like you're fine. You're feeling your emotions for a reason and you need to honor that. And I just think that's so huge for people to hear. And, um, you know, just continue like through this fight of mental health and whatever you're going through, it, it, this always seems like kind of a dark storm, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, there's hope to get better and there's hope to keep pushing to, to, for a better world. That's awesome. I completely agree. I think, you know, what are some things that you would say to others? Your family has gone through it, but to others that are are in the process, are in it, you know, are in, in deep in depression, you know, what are some recommendations? So what are some things that you can tell them of different things that they can do based upon your experience? Mm-hmm. Honestly, what I've learned from my experience is the more, the most growth that I've gotten in my experience has been from being vulnerable, from, you know, being like, okay, I'm going to talk about my sadness today. I'm going to talk about, you know, the, where I am in my grief process with losing Ella. Um, you know, I'm going to talk to people about, I guess, my confusion, anger with the world about this. And that's what really helped me the most with like, just like me growing stronger, me getting out of my own kind of depression phase through Ella's death. And then just trying to find find new ways to work on my mental health each day, whether it's journaling, whether, um, you know, I'm trying meditation through like apps like Headspace or Calm, whether, um, you know, I'm meeting with my therapist, like small things like that each day just to continue to work on them day by day. Because it's it like we need to treat mental health like physical health. Um, it's so important. You need to just as you work out, you need to work out your brain, you need to work out your emotion. People don't realize how important the vulnerability from a football player is, right? Like somebody of your stature and somebody of your success level saying Mm -hmm. that you have bad days, that you have tough moments, that you struggle through the grief of losing your sister. It seems to make it more acceptable for Mm -hmm. the people who look up to you to then admit those same things. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Cause like, I'm looked to as a professional athlete and sometimes it can be like, Oh, he has this perfect life. You know, he's, he's doing great. Like, no matter, he's happy, but that's not true. Like, just like anyone else, I have bad days. You know, I have really sad days, like really angry days and, you know, it's okay to have those days, you know, and, and it's normal. And, um, those days is where I have to work on myself the most. And I can really, I really have to dive deep in my mental health. So, you know, I, I just, that's why I always am trying to be vulnerable. And I think that's the biggest thing in, in this whole process is to really let people know how you're feeling. Like if someone asks you how you're doing and you have time to have the conversation, it's okay to be like, hey, you know, I'm not doing too good. Like, and, and you know, the, it, you shouldn't feel a burden from that. You should, cause you're being honest. Um, and that's just huge. That's, that's the hardest part about the vulnerability is to, cause sometimes, you know, we're taught that if you're, if you're not happy, you're bringing someone down by being a burden or 
something like that. And, and that's not true. You're actually, you're helping yourself. And you're probably helping someone hurt that person because they might not, not be having a good time either. So you being vulnerable might lead to someone else being vulnerable, which might lead to you both just being healthier and being better. Absolutely. Solomon, I think what you said um, earlier really resonated with me of that not a lot of people truly understand that mental health is a chemical imbalance. Mm -hmm. And just like you would have diabetes, you would go to a doctor and you would you would get any medication that you need or you would go see a therapist, whatever that means. I think that is just something that's coming, as Jen said, coming from you with the platform that you have is just such an important thing to help end the stigma. Definitely. Just like, like you said, you hit it on the head. Like if you had diabetes, you would go to the doctor and you would, you would uh, work on that. And it's the same thing with your mental health. You have to work on it each and every day just you know, to continue to get better and to help yourself. I think um, something else you know, that's, that stands out to me from your family is A, your willingness to talk about it. Um, B, you're getting involved uh, with Locke. And, and if I read correctly, your father joined the board. Is that correct? Did. Yes, ma'am. Yep. He's on the board of AFSP. Yes, ma'am. Right. Um, and so you're taking that active step in being able to, to help and do more. So I, I just think what you're doing is fantastic. Um, and for all of us, we thank you for it. Of course. Well, I appreciate you guys just having me on here and just um, letting me you know, bring my to this cause because it's truly part of my life now and it's a passion of mine and you know um, my family you know they're working on creating their own organization right now and um, we're just trying to um, find ways to continue to to end the stigma and to help others through through this process because it's such a hard process to go through what what can we do to help what can others do to help um like i say i i i my biggest thing is to continue the conversation and to be vulnerable um you know to keep talking about it um, make it a normal thing to talk about mental health you know with your closest friends, you know, you should be checking on each other's mental health like every week if, if, if that's how often you talk or I'm um, with your family. Like that should be every weekly thing. Like, you know, how's your mental doing? Like, um, you know, do you need help? Like that kind of stuff. Like asking the question, do you need help? Is, is there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's, it should be it should be encouraged. So I just think that's the biggest part to, to bring light to this conversation. And also, I think, Solomon, educating yourself about how to speak to people, right? Because we've all grown up with families when we say we're having a bad day. You know, they're yeah. like, oh, buck up. Productive to the whole conversation, yeah. which is sometimes you just want to be heard. And you said earlier so eloquently, how you feel is how you feel, right? It shouldn't be negated. It shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be told that you're overreacting or that, you know, mm-hmm. how you're feeling isn't valid because that's all important as well. So I think when you talk about talking about those things, it's also learning how to listen when someone does share in that vulnerability when someone chooses to be vulnerable not making them feel then bad about yeah. <laughs> opening up because the last exactly, thing we yeah. do is close those doors once we've opened them yeah no that's huge because it's it takes a lot of courage for someone to be vulnerable and you know if they feel like they're just being shut down anytime they open up they're not going to open up as much you know they the, like you said the biggest thing to it is to be able to listen um and you know to find ways to listen and then to listen correctly but yeah, it's because that, that is a huge part of being vulnerable. You know, if you're being shut down constantly and told like, oh, no, like you're fine. Like, you know, just just take the time to listen and take the time to see where they're coming from, to see why they're feeling that way, because there's a reason they're feeling that way. I think, you know, for us, we were at an event this weekend um, and just in common 
conversation with people, you know, someone asked the other person how, how they were doing. And, um, and she said, you know, when I was anorexic, this was the food that I ate. And so that's why I don't eat it right now. Um, and it was refreshing that she was willing to be that vulnerable and mm-hmm. she was willing to share. And, and the response of everybody around was just fantastic. Um, and we need more of that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Cause that's hard. Cause that, you don't know that person normally doesn't know how everyone's going to respond, mm-hmm. but you know, that, that, that's just heartwarming to me to hear that everyone responded well. And, um, it was a good experience for everyone. That's great. I find myself drawn to real people, Solomon. How about you? You know, you can tell when someone's BSing you. You can tell when someone's being a phony, right? And it's like, Definitely. Uh, I'd rather not waste my time hanging out with this person. But when someone's being real, there's a there's a there's a magnetic kind of attraction to that, isn't there? Definitely. You you don't have to spend the energy trying to figure out if they're being telling you the truth or not. You just straight up know. Oh, I'm, I'm going to know how she's doing if I ask, or I'm going to know how he's doing if I'm at, if I ask. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Just real people. It's uh, like, I, I feel like it's sexy to be vulnerable. It's sexy to be honest. You know, I feel like that's, that's just part of, you know, what we need to encourage part of this next fight with mental health is that, that, that is an attractive feature in people and just to be able to be vulnerable and, and be honest. The, the I'm fine goes away with when everybody asks you how you are. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. At some point, at some point that will, we, we truly hope. But know, Solomon, that the lives that you're going to be impacting and that you already have impacted, um, lives that may be saved because of what you're doing and how you and your family are opening up and bringing awareness to mental health and to suicide prevention. Um, you're more than an athlete doing good. You're, you're a person, you're a human and, and you're doing great work. So thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you both. It means a All lot. Right. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Athletes Doing Good. Go to CaptureSportsMarketing.com to listen to other interviews, to hear stories about the person behind the player and the people behind the team who are making an impact on others.